What's going on guys? Coming from you from Wasatch Mountain Millennial Sports. We're talking the NBA. Kawhi Leonard made a huge, huge splash in the NBA this last weekend. The USA won a fourth World Cup. We'll be having Riley and Sean Johnson on the pod tonight. And then we'll also be having Tyler Munger talking about BYU expectations for football this season. So buckle up, it's going to be a good one. Rock and roll. So another week here at Wasatch Mountain Millennial Sports. How was your 4th of July, Jake? Dude, it was, it was good. Uh, fireworks as usual. I didn't hit a barbecue up. I went and saw Spider-Man. Oh, I went and saw Spider-Man too. Did you like it? Yeah, it I really hate good. when Spider-Man dies. So sad. Was it Darth Vader who killed him or yeah. what happened? Yeah, it was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> no, no, I thought it was way good. I'm, I'm a... I'm kind of a sucker for the Marvel movies. Dude, Spider-Man's my hero. So he's. I don't really like anybody else but Spider-Man. Right? Yeah. But anyways, uh, 4th of July was good to me. Uh, fireworks, like four times in a row. My three-year-old was a mess. I saw he didn't go to bed. I saw your kid a couple times last week, and all he was talking about was fireworks. And I just yeah. thought, where are you going again? And he, uh, he was a nightmare. He decided that he wanted to, to have pouty fits and scream and shout. But it was a good weekend. <laughs> Um, well, so, Saturday, huge, yes. huge news. Kawhi Leonard. I, he, okay. You know what? Kawhi Leonard kind of made me mad a little bit. What? Made you mad? Well, yeah. I thought he was staying with Toronto. Okay. That was most people in this state. Because, I don't know. I get, I get it. LA's home, right? He, it's a bigger market, a better, probably a better nightlife, better whatever he wants, it's right? It's home to him. But he just won a championship in Toronto, right? And he had all these other players around him that supported him, but so what is the benefit from moving to the Clippers? I think number one, uh, he's always wanted to go back to LA. I mean, he was hoping when he was in San Antonio, he was going to end up there. And what did they do? They trade him to Toronto, which hadn't won a championship. I mean, they kept gotten, they kept getting knocked out by LeBron James every season it seemed, and so I mean, it, it now he can get knocked out again. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> but. What's super cool is this brings parity to the NBA. Everybody thought he was going to go to the war, uh, to uh, the Lakers, and the Lakers are already going to be a, a fabulous team this year on paper. I mean, here as fans, we talk about the game on paper. But the Lakers look great, and had they brought on Kawhi, I mean, people were already going to throw the, the trophy at them. Now there's so much parity, especially in the West, that it's going to be a fun season. I, I'm very happy. I mean, I'm with you. I wish Kawhi would have stayed in Toronto. But I think this is awesome for the NBA to have all these great teams, and there's no standout. There is no dominant team. Well, what it is is it's really good for the West, right? Really bad for the East because does the East even play basketball? Exactly. Who in the East is a contender? Uh, Other than yeah, I mean you got Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Um, I mean we talked about this last week, but the Nets maybe now. Yeah, not this next season, but right. the season but, after they'll be. But here's the here's the starting Los Angeles Clippers. This is this is projected, right from where they're at right now. The players they have, pending injuries, pending um, whatever changes they have. Patrick Beverly, which awesome. He's he's a he's a great athlete. He yeah. drives me crazy. He's really good at defense, right? He's a yeah, good one of the best defenders you'll find. Um, they have uh, Landy Shamit, right, and he's kind of a young kid. Um, Kawhi Leonard at uh, shooting forward and uh, Paul George at power forward and then their center is now I don't remember how to say his first name is it Avika Zubak? Let's go with that. I think it's Avika. He's a young kid as well. So 
we got you've got two, maybe three stars. Patrick Beverly, I don't think is a superstar, but he's not a top ten, top fifteen player. Defend, defense but defensively, is very good. You know, top five and, defensively. Right? And do you think that those that starting five right there has what it takes to get you to a championship in the West? I think so. I think I mean Kawhi Leonard. I think that defensively they're going to bring back old school NBA. Now I'm not talking about. Teams are only going to be scoring 70, 80. They're going to have their backs up against the hoop, and they're just going to be having like this power forward game. I'm talking the whole defensive side of it because as much as us Americans and people in this world in general love scoring and points or whatnot, I think it's going to be fun to watch this Clippers team because of their defense. They're obviously going to be able to score points. I mean, these guys score points on this team. Um, but I, I think they got Let some of the best defensive players in the NBA on that one roster. Paul George, in your eyes, is he still a star? Yes. I'm gonna disagree with you, man. I mean, I, I I I think he has the star potential, but I don't think he's any better than he he was number one or number two in steals last season. I mean, isolated defense. I think he's very defensively good. he is good. I think he struggles to score points. Right, right. And I mean, what team was he on last year? And who was scoring all those points? Right. Who was taking all those I shots? Get, I guess. So we'll see. I mean, he won't be there. playing with Westbrook anymore. Quiet well, is Let's like, talk. Let's talk Westbrook. We, what is okay. West, What is Westbrook? I know this wasn't part of the plan. What is Westbrook gonna do? So you think he's gonna stay? Well, he, he's got one more year in his contract, right? So the rumors being talked this about. This will be next next year. Next year, he's got next year. But the talk that's going on right now is that Oklahoma are they gonna are they gonna trade him away? Are they gonna go through? Do you think he build? wants to stay? Do you think he's ready to move on to a team that maybe they can actually? Well, get that's a what's so crazy. It's because seems... you like you just said, Russ takes how many shots a game? Right. Right. No. Anyway. And I think with Russ, I mean, what's interesting is Russ has been there. He was drafted there, wasn't he? He's yeah. been there his, his entire career. And it seems like every other year. I mean, fact cool, check that. I'm pretty sure he has. Every other year, it seems like it's the cool kids who are always changing cities, changing you know jerseys. And mm-hmm. Westbrook hasn't. Maybe there's a little bit of him in there that wants So actually. Well. Seattle Supersonics, which oh. obviously became local. So, same franchise. So same franchise, yeah. Same so, yes, yeah, so he's been in the same franchise the entire time. Right. Um, and and I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see what he kind of does now that, that his team's kind of falling apart. So, I know, I know Milwaukee, well, they'll be good again. They'll be really good. I mean, we don't really know who that second, third team might be. But answer me this, Kat. With the, with the rosters next season in the West, you got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Warriors, Portland, Denver. I just named seven freaking teams in the West. I mean, name me a better team in the East. I mean, maybe Milwaukee would be in there. Milwaukee as well. might be Mil- there. Milwaukee two, would be in there, but name me a second team. Name me an other team not named Milwaukee that competes with that those top seven teams in the West. I mean, it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Dogfight. I, I agree. So, you know, just real quick. So we talked a little bit about the Jazz and all the things that they've done. Um, who do you think the projected starters starters are on, on the Jazz team? Well, uh, this is where the huge discussion is. I think that there's four definitive starters. Obviously, you got Gobert, you got Conley, Mitchell, and you got Bojan, right? right? Now the question is, does Joe Ingle start or does Jeff Green start? I don't think it matters too much. I think both are going to benefit so much playing in that second rotation that uh, I th- I think. I think we're splitting hairs here, which I I don't know. I want to. I'm going to say day one, it's it's going to be Joe Ingles. But I mean, you asked me near the All Star break when we're you know two thirds of the season in, it might be Jeff Green. But I think day one come that I think it's 
I think it's Joe or I, Jeff. I, I I agree with you there. I think um, I think Joe kind of deserves that starting role, um, just from where he's at with the team at the standpoint. You know, he's been here, he knows the mm-hmm. system. Yep. So I think, like you said, I think I think starting out, Joe's probably the best fit. Obviously, I'm not the coach, right? And I am terrible at basketball. Love our pay grade, right? But but I think it takes Jeff Green a little bit longer to get get a hold of the system. I think all around though, I think Jeff Green's the better athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see where this this team goes. Last thing I want to say just about Joe Ingles is Joe Ingles most nights was the second or third best player on the on the court, and the Jazz aren't going to be competing for a championship with Joe Ingles being the second or third right. best player on the court. Joe Ingles being the fourth, the fifth, the sixth best player on the team, he's going to thrive. Yeah, and I think more it's of a be, support role, right? And he's not going to be like, hey, Joe, we need. 20 we need 25 from you tonight right like no joe i mean if you can if you can give us, give 10, us to, 10 to 12 or give us 13 yeah. i mean that's a solid solid, a solid solid so i think there's going to see a lot of, of upside for joe ingles game with him not having to be so relied upon but so the that wasn't the only big thing that happened this weekend this this weekend we had the world cup and let's kind of segue into that Alrighty, our next two guests are some of our closest friends. We got Riley and Sean Johnson. You guys won't find, it will be a very rare thing for you to find bigger fans in the state of Utah as far as soccer goes. These guys are front row ticket, season ticket holders for Real games. And we are going to be talking about the USA game. Hey, Sean and Riley, how you guys doing? We're doing good, James. Doing awesome. How about, how about that game over the weekend, huh? Oh, man. So good to number four champions. Back to back. So Riley, what does this mean to USA Soccer getting that fourth championship? I mean, it's been 20 years since that first one. USA Soccer is on top of the world. What does this mean for USA Soccer going forward? I think personally, it just means so much for not necessarily just women's soccer in general, but just for anybody who looks up to these professional athletes, these uh, professional women's athletes, to know that anything's possible and that nothing, nothing's out of reach. Like um, Roosevelt said um, four years ago, she was in a pizza parlor watching this game. Never did she think four years later she was going to be on the World Cup roster winning the World Cup. Wow. So, not only winning, but scoring a screamer. Yeah, so it means it means a ton. So going forward, Sean, um, I I kind of was wondering this the other day as I um, watched this game. Four years from now, um, where do you see this U.S. team? How do you th- see them performing? Do you think they can continue to get better? Because they've come a long way, right? They've they've done really well, obviously, in the past, but. Do you think that there's a gap between U.S. soccer and the rest of the world, or do you think there's going to be some changes that might make the other teams more competitive? That might. How do you think going forward the U.S. team does? Um, I think the gap that we have already now might stick around for the next World Cup because there's a lot of young, really good talent on the team, um, and, I, and every all the other countries in the world are getting better and better. Um, and it, it shows in this last World Cup with so many of their first timers being there, scoring amazing goals, working great together. Um, so I think this next World Cup in four years will be might be the last time there's a big gap between the U.S. and the other countries. 
Got it, got it. So you're you're seeing that gap. I mean, it's it's been a pretty big gap these last 15, 20 years. Well, who years. was the closest? Was it to obviously the Netherlands or Netherlands even, were good. France, France was pretty decent, and, right? And who was the other top four team besides the USA? It was Sweden. Um, England. Uh, England. Sweden was really England. good. England. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, I think that that was a, it was a great game and everything. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. Uh, maybe play a little bit of a devil advocate here. Um, there's some pretty mad fans at uh, your your friend uh, Ali Long, um, in the fact that she, in the moment, dropped the American flag on the field. How uh, how do you feel about that? Um, well, first off, um, I'm just you being a devil's advocate, so it's okay. Um, but honestly, I think it was just you know, a moment. You know, you win, you win this big game, you're a champion, your adrenaline's pumping, you're just high, you're on, you're on cloud nine, and you're just not thinking you're right, so when you go to celebrate, you may drop some things, and no matter the importance, it, it, it sucks, but... I'm not going to bash her for any of it because I don't think she did it on purpose. So you think it was, yeah, just he at the moment kind of didn't realize what she was doing type of thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these athletes are humans. They make mistakes, and they're always in the limelight. So the the controversy is that, great, it's heat of the moment, whatever. Um, the controversy is that she could have done the exact same action, right? They, do the, they did the wave or whatever for victory. She could have done it with the American flag in her hand. So, heat of the moment, heat of, you know, not heat of the moment, whatever, beside the point. Um, Kelly O'Hara, who was also in the heat of the moment, picked up the flag immediately. Um, and so, that's kind of where people are criticizing, saying, oh, yeah, it was the heat of the moment, but Kelly O'Hara obviously had her head on straight enough to where she knew it was wrong. Um, Riley, I kind of want your opinion on this. How do you feel about it? Do you think that it's justified? Do you think that um, that it's okay that she did this? Do you think that... What are your thoughts? I mean, I can see Sean's point of view with being the heat of the moment, but, I mean, if you watch any videos of that whole thing happening, she's there with Megan Rapino, who we all know she has her own issues with everything, and I, would, I don't really want to get into that right now, but um, to me, in that video, kind of shows her, uh, Megan Rapinoe's hand kind of like swatting the flag out of Valley Long's hand, so I don't know, that's my interpretation of it, yes, she could have hold on to that flag while they're doing the celebrating, but I do have to give a big shout out to Kelly O'Hara for being as big as she was to pick up that flag, like that was, she's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I can I know people make mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's just uh, the heat of the moment. Um, I obviously, as an American, don't ever want to see that, especially as an athlete representing your country. It's one thing to be representing a franchise, representing an organization, but representing the country. I think there's a much much bigger responsibility, and I think we as all Americans, you know, whether you give it the benefit of the doubt or you don't, I mean. You you would just hope that the the pride of the, of American sports you would you would remember that. But so my I, my final take on this is that um, Ollie Long needs to do better going forward, right? She needs to be more aware of what she's doing. That she's representing an entire country, right? And other countries might see this as 
you know, as it, we, they were already kind of in deep crap with other countries with the the tea mocking and all those other things, which that was stupid. I don't think that was wrong in any way. Um, but I think that by by her showing that that flag basically by throwing it on the ground meant nothing to her. That's right. that's what people will see. Right. And as all these young Americans see this, her do this, it's a, it's a horrible example. So I think going forward, Ali Long needs to do better. That's and, my take on it. And as far as timing in the country, I think that's another. I mean, right. if this with, with if, the controversy with Trump, right? If, and the if this happened so, ten years ago, I think we would all be seeing a lot more of the benefit of the doubt. But well, any closing remarks you guys want to remember as the 2019 four-time champion women's World Cup? Well, I just want to say to the people out there hitting on the celebrations to knock that crap off. <laughs> that teacup. This is a World Cup. That teacup was awesome. And, and, and honestly, she was interviewed about it, and she said there was no disgrace to England for that celebration whatsoever. Hey. So, I don't know if people are seeing Us as Americans, we know something very well. If you don't like it, stop it. You know, if you don't like it, then stop her from scoring. <laughs> so, well, guys, hey, we really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, love all that you guys do, especially for the great state of Utah with soccer and representing Real and being huge time fans. So, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. Our next guest is none other than the BYU expert of Wasatch Mountain Millennial Sports. We got Tyler Munger coming on. What's going on, Munger? Not much, man. It's been a good day today. What? What? Why so? Oh, you know, I have been on a Twitter like it's been a good Twitter streak today for some reason. I've just been uh, getting lots of likes. Uh, Clay Travis liked one of my tweets today, which. He's like one of my sports uh, commentator idols, so I I, that it. was pretty cool. Uh, Bill but, Riley, yeah. Bill Riley responded to one of my tweets from one time, and I thought I was the coolest person in the world. So I, I understand, Tyler. Yeah, it's, it's it puts you on another level. Even if it was just a dumb like of one of the replies to his tweets, you're just like, yeah, he noticed me. He read that. <laughs> hey, you I feel kind of good about yourself. I hear you guys. The words of the good old Bill Cosby: "Tweet others the way you want to be tweeted." And, I mean, if there's love going Bill, on, Bill Cosby's a little bit. I know, okay, but this was be, that was before the little controversial <laughs> that I saw that. <laughs> anyway, all right, Monka. Hey, we are super stoked for this segment. Talk a little bit more about BYU and their expectations for this season. I mean, how, how are you feeling, dude? We are 50 days away from kickoff. How are you feeling? I, you know, it's not going to hit me until August. It never really does. And by that time, I'm so football starving that I'm just watching old highlights of every single team I can find. So I, I'm, I'm still not there yet, but I will be here in a couple weeks. Then I'll start being crazy about watching highlights and everything like that. So it's getting there, though. It's getting there. What What's the early thoughts? What are the early vibes from not maybe, maybe not just from you, but maybe from – other fans that you're talking to, other boards you're reading. What's the vibe for this 2019 BYU football team? So, in my humble opinion, this team's going to be one of two teams. You're either going to see a 2006 surprise team, might start off slow, but it's going to finish the year strong, or they're going to be 2017 all over again, which hopefully is not that one. But honestly, no one knows. That's, that's I think, the biggest thing for this team is – I honestly, no one has any idea if they're going to be good or not or how they're going to be, which team's going to show up because there's just so many question marks. So it could be really good. It could be really bad. So obviously um, early in the season, right, we, we haven't even seen a game yet. What do you think 
uh, BYU's strong point is? Do you think their offense has the has the upper hand? Do you think their defense has their upper hand? What do you, who do you think is going to be the best in the I think they're pretty balanced this year. There's question marks on both sides, obviously, but um, the one the the two groups that don't have any question marks is really I mean besides a, a pass rushers, defensive line, and offensive line. But this is probably one of the most balanced offenses we've had uh, in a while, and one of the most balanced defenses. I it, I honestly have no idea. It's, it, as I stated, it's one of those things where you just don't know who's going to come of it. And biggest reason is because there's just so many question marks with the uh, receivers, running backs, um, and then you have the linebackers, defensive backs. You just don't know is kind of the big thing. The only certainty I have is that we're going to have a good D-line and O-line. What, what, what do you think the strong point is for BYU football this year? You mentioned the offense line, the defensive line. But, I mean, where can BYU really attack and have a lot of success this season? Um, honestly, I think it's going to be uh, with the passing game is where you're going to see kind of a big, a big bump up from just what I get a feeling of. Um, but if you see from before the uh, – before we got the two trans, the Rice transfer and the South Carolina transfer, everyone was pretty worried about the running back core, which obviously super thin. They were super thin last year. I think the running back depth is going to play a big key, but there's just so much, as you know, uncertainty with bringing in junior college transfers. And so I'd have to say the passing game, though, um, is probably the one thing that I'm excited to see and that if I feel is going to be a strength just with the uh, core that they have with the mix between the – obviously, you know, Passing game is not just the quarterback, it's the offensive line as well. And so the offensive line being there is going to be a big thing too. So you talk about the passing game. What is your prediction for Zach Wilson's season this year? Uh, you put me on the spot there. Um, <laughs> like how because many obviously touchdowns? There's a lot of hype or, behind Zach Wilson. Um, and and the way he performed like you know, in the end of the season last year, he went perfect against um, – Western Michigan, Western Michigan, right? They, they yeah. perfect against Western Michigan. Some would say Western Michigan wasn't the greatest defensively, but still to go perfect is a pretty, it's a pretty rare, rare thing to do. Um, yeah. Do you think he builds off that? Do you think he kind of has the same similar season as last year? Let, let me hear your thoughts on that. Uh, depends on how his shoulder is. That's <laughs> kind of where I'm going to put that off. But I think that he'll build off of it. I think that it's, it's fun having an exciting, just his, uh, and I know you'll be like fancy that every year with Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, oh, our quarterback's going to come in and do really well. I think the difference that he has is uh, with Tanner, I think he just attitude-wise, I think he has the same skill set a little faster than Tanner was, um, but I think that he's going to be um, a lot more. He has that edge that we haven't had since Max Hall. And then uh, Taysom, I just don't think, was a pure passer, and I think that Zach has a way better arm, more accurate arm. And so I think that he's going to build off of that, and I think that he's going to be – I think he's going to have a really great year. He might struggle the first few games just because he's playing, obviously, one of the best defenses in the nation with Utah. You have Tennessee, uh, SEC defense, and then um, Washington's defense. But then, really, the schedule lightens up a lot more, so you're going to see um, him pick up momentum and everything like that So as the season goes on. So I think he's going to end up with a stellar year. So that was one thing I noticed. Um, a lot of fans, BYU fans, were, were talking about the fact that you know Zach only got a half a year to play last year. Um, he played against some of the um, not so stout teams, right? You had Tanner Mangum start against some of the bigger Wisconsin, like Wisconsin. They started to get he started against LSU. 
Uh, who else did he start against? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, So he's going to have a much different start of the year schedule, like, like you said, with Utah, with SC, <laughs> with Washington, right? Um, so I agree with you. I think that if he performs well in those first four games, I think that he's going to have a stellar year. Um, and I think that's when he's going to be tested, right? Going up against Utah with some of the de- best defensive backs in the country, um, I think it'll be a true test for him. He obviously did well last year um, against Utah. And I think that'll be kind of the biggest t- first test for him. Yeah. And just build yeah. On, I'll build on that for you, Munger. I, I think every season we look at September and we think, oh, this is what BYU is going to do, like realistically. And then they exceed those expectations. I mean, you talked about these defenses that, that Zach Wilson and this BYU offense are going to go up against. What is the expectation for this September the September 50th. Yeah, and that's one thing I want to bring up was with if you remember how the offense was these last couple of years, it was um, pretty, well, 2017 was just awful, uh, and then last year, honestly, if we didn't have the run game established in that Wisconsin game, we don't win that game just because Tanner Mangum really, to put it nicely, was not good. He was just, he was garbage for most of the year, and um, so I I. Honestly, with what I've, who I've talked with and just what I've seen, uh, people are hoping for two and two. Realistically, expectation-wise, it's two and two uh, for, to start the year in the first four. The fear is, though, if we go zero and four, does the how does the team pick up momentum after that? Because schedule-wise, we're we're we're, fa- we're underdogs the first four games, and then the next eight games we're favored. But you lose those first four games, how are you going to pick up momentum again? How does the team look in those losses? Are they close losses? Are they just getting destroyed? How's their confidence going to look like? And so there's just so many factors in there, but that's why most everyone is hoping for a uh, two-and-two start. And realistically, I think that's where we're going to see is between a two-and-two and and a one-and-three start. Um, If there's one-and-three with close games all around, I think most people would be excited and obviously – Everyone wants that win against Utah, and I think if you go one and three with winning against Utah, people are going to call it a success. So it's just brutal those first four games. So our last last comments here, Tyler, as we wrap this up, um, what is your prediction right now? Um, win lost. So for the whole season. Yep, for the whole season. Um, you know, honestly, and I'm just going to pull up their season just to double check on a couple of games here. So I'd have to say starting off the season two and two seems pretty realistic, uh, which I'm going to go with. And then, you know, I think eight and four is is pretty much what most people are expecting and would be a pretty standard and successful season just with how the schedule lines up. So I'm going to say eight and four. Okay. All right. Well, Tyler, thank you for your time, man. We, We always love having you on and we love your opinions, and we love your facts, and we love everything about you, man. Yeah, appreciate it, Munger. We'll definitely have him on in the future, talking more about BYU sports and all that jazz. Thank All right, so Munger's pretty optimistic to some people in the nation's perspective. Eight wins this season. What do you think, Kat? Um, I think realistically, um, I want to say... It'd be great to see BYU go eight and four. I think they do lose those first four games. Maybe, maybe go one and four or one and three. Really quick, with what, wins over Tennessee. What is Tennessee the most realistic? I think Tennessee win? USC, depending on USC plays quarterback right, wise, right? Um, and but USC still has the talent. I still think that'll be a closer game. 
But realistically, for the entire season, I'm going to say they go seven and five. Okay. Okay. And I, I, most people have the over under at six and a half. That's, I mean, I think that's spot on. I think about seven. I can see them getting to that eighth win. I think anything above eight wins, they got to throw a big old party. You'll see an extension for Satake that he well deserves and whatnot. I, um, I, every year, though, every year I say BYU is going to start 0-4 in September. And they surprise you. And this is the first year I'm going to say they're not going to start 0-4. So maybe that's the kiss of death. Who do you think they win over? I think So this is what I think. Uh, I think the most realistic win, and it's crazy that we're saying this, is USC at home. I think their second most realistic win is Tennessee. Then I think it's Utah. Then I think it's Washington. Now, what is crazy, and just really quick, if BYU loses that game to Utah, I mean, we're talking months and months and months and months of preparation Absolutely for this single game. If they lose Julian that. Blackman just the other day said, the difference in this football game is that it's their Super Bowl. And yeah, that's somewhat of a stab. But it's realistic. I mean, Utah has bigger goals than uh, that one football Right, game. and I've talked to multiple BYU fans that say they don't care if they lose every other game. I don't blame them. They want to beat Utah. I don't They literally them. could go 1-11. I would be satisfied them. because they beat Utah. I get it. I understand. And I would probably be in the same boat if I, I would, was losing yep. nine year, eight years in a row. Yep. Oops, nine years. Sorry, man. It's going to be. Eight years in a row, I would be in the same spot. But I think realistically, what is you, so? What is your prediction? So I mean, I'm not gonna put, I'm not writing it in pen yet. But I say they get seven wins. But I mean, I, I'm still, I, I kind of want to see how how fall camp kind of goes. Definitely, when we get closer to the season here, we're 50 days away. I want to make it more definitive. But I can see them getting seven wins, and that's mm-hmm. that's about where I have them. Yep. So awesome. Um, all right, let's go into our two-minute drill. So, yeah, we got to figure out a bell for that. Cause, yeah, cool. So, over the weekend, we had the MLB All-Star mic'd up game. Did you listen to that? that oh, yeah. Comment? It was dude, it was pretty funny. Why don't... I mean, The dude with the the, the, the the snow cone, he's like, I need a snow cone out right. here. My feet are hot. It doesn't matter if you're, you're three or you're 30. You want exactly. a snow cone playing baseball. So, do you, do you think the MLB does that more in the future? They should. If Baseball is a dying sport, and if they don't want to be... Dying, mm-hmm. they need. They, I mean, not every game. We maybe. could go on for hours about how baseball's a dying sport, but okay. we won't. They they need to do it maybe a fourth of the games. I can understand not doing it in the playoffs. Yeah. I get that, but when you're playing three thousand games a season, you should probably give the fans what they want. Spice something up. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Delon Wright. He got a new contract this year with the Mavericks. Yeah, three years, twenty nine mil. That's pretty. That's a pretty good. nice contract for yeah. a guy that's not a heavy hitter, right? He's, right. He's still more of a supporting role. He gets playing time. He's he's gotten some starting roles, especially towards the last part in Toronto. Definitely in Memphis, where he was, and he's definitely worth the money. With the Mavericks, I know. I mean, the West just gets tougher. I get it. He I don't think the Mavericks. Memphis. I think Mavericks are like tenth, eleventh. I don't best. know. They got freaking the the unicorns going to be healthy. They got the rookie of the year. And then Delon Wright. I mean, I, the, the West is just even more. It's, it's spoil it's riches. Be insane. Um, gummy bears or worms? Gummy worms. I'm definitely with worms, and it seems like you're the first person I've never argued with. You know what though? I think I think gummy worms have their their time and place, but gummy bears, man, you just pop them in your mouth. I feel gummy like, worms, you got like slurp. It's just not. I feel like there's more flavor options when it comes to bears, but worms, there's just they're they're bigger. I, I think you're wrong. I think it's all about gummy bears. Anyway, guys, that's our episode this week. Uh, let us know in the comments. Gummy worms, gummy bears. Which one's your favorite? Uh, let's talk some BYU Utah football. Um, anything questions you guys have? Let us know. Our Twitter handles, our Twitter and Facebook's all out there. Um, we got somebody running our our social media pages pretty yep. often. Yep. So uh, let us know you guys think of the show and what we could do better. And 
And if you guys are ever wanting to write an article, please hit us up. We love to love to get you guys' content on the website if you guys like as well. So, well, this is Cat. This is Jake. Signing off. Cool.